not only am I happy with how I've set myself up now, but I'm also creating some pleasure for other people because they feel a, a satisfaction of doing good work. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good, thank you, Ezra. I'm out in the provincial Philippines, so we may have slightly deteriorated uh, coal quality, but it's remarkable considering where I am. How are you? Um, how is that experience being for you? It's fascinating. I'm learning a lot more about the culture, uh, like a much deeper level than before. I like the etiquette of catching a jeepney uh, or a tricycle, and I'm getting an insight into how a culture with, uh, I guess, a high unemployment works. So um, interesting things happen that just don't happen in at home, <laughs> like. Um, when the garbage man comes to collect the garbage here, they hand you an envelope and that is for you to put money in to give them for their Christmas present. <laughs> Whereas at home we might, um, you know, put a slab of beer out at Christmas time for the, the garbos and the, and the security guards do the same thing. So uh, the, whole, the whole culture works quite differently when you get out away from the main city. So like, uh, and if you don't give money, if you don't tip them, are you not getting service the next day? I think if you don't give them money, I think that maybe some people don't have money to give, but I'm sure mm. in a in a society where there's probably a little bit of bribery and corruption, the people who pay a little bit of Christmas presents are probably going to get looked after better if push comes to shove. And uh, the amount of rubbish they'll remove uh, is is quite interesting. You know, they'll actually help you take it out of the house. Like they'll clear a whole room worth of rubbish for about a dollar. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Interesting. And it ties right in with our episode topic today, which is pleasure. And we're all chasing it all the time. We want pleasure in all of our experiences. We're looking for gratification for all of our five senses, sight, smell, sound, taste, touch. But the question is, is pleasure good? Is it bad? Well, that's what we hope to find out. So pleasure, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Good. I was, I was hoping that you weren't thinking that uh, one day when you grow up, you want to be a garbologist. Well, no, no, I don't want to be a garbologist. But I do think it's, is that a thing, by the way? Yeah, I'm sure that's what they're called. Oh, a degree in, in, uh, in um, garbology. But uh, uh, I think that's actually – I actually know a couple guys who um, are garbage men here in the States. It's a tough job. It's a really tough job. But what I was alluding to was here you are in a circumstance that is far different from the one that you are normally in where you have much m – many less amenities than you normally have. However, um, I have a feeling that you are probably thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, like just even to go up to the shops to get uh, milk and water – uh, and food supplies, that is, um, you have to send a, a note to the guards. They notify a tricycle. The tricycle will come and pick you up, which costs, uh, let's think it's about 25 pesos, which is 50-something cents. 
And then you go up to the, the front of the estate and then you catch a jeepney. And that is uh, it's about eight pesos per person for the shortest ride, which, I mean, there's 40 pesos or 42 pesos to the US dollars, just to give you an idea about that. And you're sharing this with um, wow. about 18 people. And, and at the shopping center, they have a, a barker and the barker has to fill the jeepney. And they, they basically round up people and herd them into the jeepney. And when they've done a good job, they get a tip from the driver. And when you're in the jeepney, you have to pass forward your fare. You have to tell them uh, that, that you've got your fare. You tell them how many people and where you're going. And then they pass back the change. And all the passengers have been hooked into this. And if you're going a long way, you sit right up close to the driver. And if you're going a short way, you sit near the back of the, the jeepney so you can get out easier. Uh, so the, and if the sun's on a certain side, you really want to hit the side that's in the shade because it gets a bit warm. How far is it from where you are to the city? Uh, okay, so it could take it could take an hour if you had a private car like a taxi, and it could take uh, three hours if you're trying to do it via public transport or private contractors. Like pretty much anyone could just go and buy a jeepney and set up shop. Uh, so this is another thing. It's like this, you've got to have a license to capitalism to drive it. Well, it's it's kind of like every man for himself, really. There's the the there's no seat belts or regulations or you know you can buy electrical appliances in the store that don't have an adapter that fit the the local thing because they're just imported from everywhere. So it's a really open market. Uh, like the Apple stores aren't real Apple stores; they're resellers who are just buying stuff from other countries and setting up shop. So I am getting a lot of pleasure from observing and relating to how different it is to back home. And um, I got such a better understanding of how, um, of how amazing uh, the people here are when they achieve stuff despite the challenges. And it really is a challenge just to have your basic amenities. There's, there is in some places flushing water or uh, – on tap, but in many places there's not. They don't have uh, gas and stuff. You know, I think that we uh, we take for granted how we how we have survival handled in that way so easily in Western society and other societies in the world. They don't necessarily have survival, the basic needs for survival handled, like food and water and uh, shelter. Well, yeah, just like having good water. Every, everyone has to drink from bottles or they boil the water. Uh, so yeah, the, there's just um, – it is on a different level and it's, it's fascinating. You know, so yeah. Well, you know, you're in, you are not in Western society right now. But to bring the conversation back to Western society, which is what most of our listeners are experiencing – in Western society, it's a pain-oriented society. So we value pain in our society more than we value pleasure. And people think, uh, people think that it builds character, like no pain, no gain, or like making a sacrifice for your family or for your country is considered righteous. So like if a kid has to walk to school in the dark 
and the cold, that's a good thing. Like we give pain a lot of kudos, but people don't really think of pleasure in the same way. They don't think pleasure is inherently beneficial. Like anything that you like or anything that feels good to you is like immoral or fattening or something bad for you. And people have been sold that the rough stuff is really good for you. That like people who feel a lot of pain and misery are supposed to be really deep. And if you don't like the thing, if you don't like a lot of things and are picky, then that's like sophisticated. And so evidence of this is all over the place. And you can talk to a stranger about how bad the weather is or, or, uh, or, you know, a painful experience you've had or like a visit to the dentist, but it'd be considered weird to tell a stranger how good things are for you or that you've just had the greatest sex of your life. It's like pleasure is inherently sinful. Uh, people think that there's something wrong with it and that it shouldn't, that it should be earned and that it should only come after a bunch of hard work. Like, like one of the symbols in our society is that Christ sacrificed, that he suffered for us and that you should too. And that, that's the message that's being sent. But the truth of the matter is that that couldn't be further from the truth. Like if you have a duty to do anything, how about enjoy your life? How about be happy? The pursuit of pleasure is perceived as being a bad thing because people think that you will ruthlessly pursue your own pleasure and mess other people over in the process. But the key here is realizing that you can't really have fun at the expense of others, and it just doesn't feel good. Like, true pleasure is taking into consideration how your actions will affect other people. And if you want to have a pleasurable business and a pleasurable life, then what you'll do is you'll take into consideration how your behaviors and actions are going to affect those around you. We can also connect this back to our relationship with food. Like, like we consider eating for pleasure to be bad and that we should be eating for, for, for performance, that, you know, that being skinny is better than being fat. And like there is, there is truth to that as far as health goes. Like it's, it's not good to be a certain amount overweight, but you know, one of the things that has you be healthy is enjoying yourself. Eating for pleasure actually has you be more, has you uh, be healthier in your mind and in your body instead of like being neurotic about what you eat. And I have direct experience in this from my days as a raw foodist and as a, um, when I would be, when I was so focused and so neurotic about what I was eating that, um, that wasn't healthy for me. Where I was in, in my mind was not healthy. It didn't matter what I was putting into my body. Like the mental state I was in was unhealthy. And I think this also happens at the dinner table. It's like, well, you, you can have the schnitzel, but you have to eat the spinach or the broccoli. It's like they're associating a negative towards something that's actually positive and good for you. Whereas people like you will walk into a store and seek out the greenest thing in it to eat. <laughs> because it looks tasty. Well, you get pleasure from it, eating all the, the, the veggie stuff. I do too. I've been cooking spinach here lately. You'll be pleased to know. And, uh, you know, it's when you go to a society where there's no food regulations, the, you know, it's, it's amazing. Firstly, the supermarket I went to yesterday smelt like fish, like rotten fish, because they have this open fish area and it was wafting through the whole place. But all of the food, it's such deceptive labeling and packaging of, um, you know, light and healthy and and there's really, there's almost nothing you could eat that's healthy in some of these stores because that Western thing is creeping through and people want it. They're so marketed to. But let me just go back to what you're saying before. You're basically saying that because Jesus suffered, then everyone else has to suffer too. Well, that, no, I'm saying that is a message that is prominent in our society and that um, people really value pain over pleasure and that really... 
Um, that's just. I think one of the things about pleasure is, like you said, Ezra, that people feel guilty about it. But my take on it is that if you don't feel happy, then everyone around you is going to feel that as well. Uh, classic case, at the moment I've had some internet challenges this week. The internet runs at 0.3 in some places or not at all. And I find that that can be frustrating. And it's, you know, you're not in a good state then to do anything. Everything around you, it's like this cloud. But then if, if I feel happy or excited, so for example, I've uh, resorted to learning to play Candy Crush uh, because at times with no internet, it's about the only thing that works on my phone. And uh, there's no TV, there's no radio or anything else. So that's not an option. And I've read a lot of Kindles, so just something fun to do. And I noticed that I start feeling happy again, I'm enjoying it, I get into it. And also yesterday I went to see a movie and it was uh, The Hobbit Part 2. It was the first day it opened here. And again, just relaxing, watching something, you feel really good. So my primary motive is if you feel good, if you get sleep, if you eat well, if you're doing fun activities, then everyone around you benefits from that as well. You feel more generous. You're more likely to smile at, at uh, a waiter or to um, have better dealings with, with people when you're transacting with them because you're in a good state so I think I love that's this. important to have your pleasure looked after. And I don't think you can feel guilty about it. Um, we did cover guilt or we may have covered or we're going to cover, but I think it's okay to feel good about your situation. It's so true. And we will do a full episode on guilt. We've mentioned it in the, in the past, but like take care of yourself first. You're no good to anybody else if you're not well taken care of. And, you know, one of the other things that you can do in your business and in your life to, uh, to increase uh, the amount of things, sorry, is to increase the amount of things you consider pleasurable, right? So like it can be fun to look for things that you want to add on to the goodness you're already experiencing in your life. And this works in all areas. You can simply change your mind about stuff. Try something that you thought you didn't like and approach it with an open mind. And food is a really easy place to start. I did this recently with olives. And you can have more in your life just by changing your mind about what's good. I also just added fish and eggs in and I'm having all this new experience in the, in the realm of food just because I changed my mind. And you're going to have to draw a line and you've already drawn a line. So try drawing that line somewhere else. And one thing to know is that depending on where you draw that line in any area of life, socially, people are going to judge it. Some people are going to think it's super far out. And other people are going to think it's not far out at all. Like all my vegan friends think it's wild that I'm a fish and egg guy now. But the meat eaters like Shrammy here think it's nothing. So it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to please everyone with whatever choice you make. And you have the opportunity to add more things into your life just by changing your mind about what you find pleasurable. It's an interesting experiment. And if you start with something easy like food, you can roll it out into other areas of your life. Yeah, if you start with yourself, then you're set. Because I, I think we, I think we automatically are set to looking after ourselves. I think that's automatic. And the interesting thing is, once you've looked after yourself, it really does help you look to okay, who's next? So that's like family, friends, and team members. For me, my team is a big part of my life because I speak to them most days. I'm interacting with them, and. 
Uh, I occasionally meet with them probably once a quarter. So I took my whole team to lunch last week. And when you look around a restaurant and there's 40 to 50 people in the restaurant, like the whole restaurant, and you're basically responsible for all of those people. And those people have husbands, wives, kids, uncles, aunties, and they are putting their wages back into the community. They're buying food, they're buying uh, transport, they're consuming things. So they're actually powering the economy. And uh, in the Philippines economy, there's actually uh, VAT tax and there's also sometimes service charges. So they're actually contributing back into the government through those wages when they buy things. And it's really nice to think, wow, not only am I happy with how I've set myself up now, but I'm also creating some pleasure for other people because they feel a a satisfaction of doing good work, but they're also getting a reward for it. And I can actually feel good about that. It's one of the core things for our business is that we want to do good work and we also, uh, an, an interesting side note, a lot of people don't realize is we pick and choose our projects, uh, who we work with and what we work on. We, for example, we don't do reputation management for really nasty people and we don't host or, or do SEO work on uh, evil products uh, or services that don't offer any value. So we, we've, um, we just won't deal with certain things and that also makes You have us integrity. Yeah, but it also, it, it gives us, I guess, tying it back to the topic, we can take more pleasure in what we do because we don't feel dirty or bad about the stuff we're doing. We're not helping douchebags out there. We're just doing good work. And, you know, the great, great majority of our team members have very high values because it's a cultural thing here. That's really cool. And it's something interesting to look at that a lot of people view responsibility as painful. And what you've just said is that you view the responsibility you have to this group of people as a pleasurable thing for all those reasons. And I think that's a really cool uh, mind frame shift. Well, you know, there's even, uh, again, some of the the, um, things that they've built into their culture enhance pleasure. One of the great traditions is um, to bring gifts from other countries. When you go somewhere, you bring gifts back. Uh, when my team meet me, a lot of them bring me little gifts, you know, like T-shirts or food from their region. And I also bring little gifts for them from Australia, like little koala bears or kangaroos. And the, the name for this is called Pasalupong. And it's basically when you meet someone and you haven't seen them for a while, you bring them a gift. And that increases the pleasure from that relationship because it's like, hey, you care about this person. You actually got something for them in advance so that they could feel good when you meet. It's really nice. And when we look at an experience, uh, you have three time periods to, to enjoy any given experience, before, during, and after. So you get to plan something. You get to plan that thing and enjoy planning it and talk about planning it. Then you actually get to do it and enjoy it while you're doing it and talk about it while you're doing it. And then after the experience, you get to talk more about what it was like. So you can get so much out of one experience in that you have these three time periods in which you can uh, derive pleasure from any given thing. You can think about the gift you're going to get for that person and then you can give it to them and you can talk about it. So it's just a very cool way of looking at the experiences in your life that you can derive pleasure from them in each time period. 
Well, one of the interesting things that I do when I travel is I usually acquire something when I'm at a new place. I'll, I'll pack extremely light and I'll pick up a, a shirt or an item if it's relevant and if I need it on my journey and I'll remember it for that. I mean, something as mundane as an extension lead that I bought in Radio Shack at San Francisco right next to where they were sailing the America's Cup. It sounds crazy, but every time I use that extension lead or even pick it up to pack it, then I remember that Radio Shack and San Francisco Bay and our time and that uh, hate and uh, going out to meals at vegetarian restaurants and those were some crazy times, dude. Mustangs, like I remember it because I've anchored those memories and that pleasurable experience with a physical anchor that I see and revisit over and over again. So that's how I do that. And and if I put on a certain shirt that I got in a country or when I went shopping at the markets in Thailand or whatever, then I remember that experience. So one thing you can do to prolong your pleasure is to anchor it with something physical. That's a brilliant idea. And one of the interesting, one of the cool things on that is that scent is the strongest sense tied to memory. So if you spray a perfume uh, when you're trying to memorize a test in school and then you spray that perfume before you take that test, you have a better chance. They did all these studies on it. So you're using um, the sense of sight as a way to, or I guess, I don't know. Well, it's a feel, tactile thing touch, as well. Tactile thing, yeah, it is, it is. And on that note, let's talk a little bit about pleasurable experience. And as people, we are pansensual beings and that means that we have the ability to enjoy a wide variety of stimulus. Like if you look at babies, they don't have limitations on who or what they enjoy. They have sensual relationships with anyone or anything and they don't have their identity wrapped up in it. And as we get older and we start to get socialized, we start to learn and place limits on what are acceptable sources of pleasure. Even though we have this ability to experience pleasure in all these diverse ways, we go through life and we limit what or who are appropriate. We restrict ourselves, we put restrictions on ourselves as to who's an, who's an appropriate person and what's an appropriate experience. And as we discussed earlier, these restrictions are arbitrary and they change over time. So one thing to note is that your limitations are good. You are a list of limitations. That's your identity. All the ways you are limited amount up to who you are. And that's a cool thing. But being aware of your limitations and the fact that you set them, that they're self-imposed, can, able, can enable you to use them to your advantage and not be victimized by them. So if you know that you can change your mind about what you find pleasurable, it's a very empowering thing. Like you can just decide that you enjoy a certain type of music and put your attention on it and try to enjoy it. Like you have agency here. Nice. Yeah, I, I like this. We do change a lot from when we're babies. We start to get uh, told how to think and what to do. And I think a lot of the things that help you as an adult are actually winding back to some of those more natural states. We are now at our weekly willpower wager. I'm getting it back, bro. Still not as good as Carol, but I'm getting it back. <laughs> well, we, we're still going to roll Carol for the meantime, right? All right, let's let's roll Carol. <laughs> um, well, let's let's roll Carol's audio. Let's not actually roll Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly willpower wager. All right. So what we want you to do is we want you to pick one thing to change your mind about. Start with food, right? 
because it's easy, and see if there's something that you don't currently like that you can try on with a new mindset. So perhaps it's mustard on your sandwich. Like, Try something that you think you don't like and approach it. Forget about the viewpoints you've had before. Just approach it with a completely new mind that you're going to try to enjoy this thing. And the reason we're doing this is because what we want to do is practice adding things on to your current list of pleasurable experiences. Practice adding things that you think you don't like back in or new things that you think might be pleasurable and kind of build up this list of things that you enjoy in your life and food is an easy way to start with that. Yeah, actually at one stage I didn't like mangoes but I love them now. That's wild, man. How could you not like mangoes? Well, I just didn't like the smell of them at some point but um, now they're just like the most amazing thing ever. All right, so should we talk about news and updates? Let's talk about it. All right, so FastWeb Formula 5 is in Sydney, March the 20th and 21st. My note here that I don't think James is going to read is I have next to it in big, bold letters that it's going to be crazy. It is going to be crazy. And, uh, you know, like Manly is a special place. I don't know why, but the ferries, the surf, the atmosphere, it's really the closest you can get to my normal routine is living in Manly during that event. We got a great rate on the hotel. We, uh, of the tickets that we've already sold, and there's quite a few already sold because uh, it's, there's always a little bit of a saving when you book early. And of the tickets we've sold, the people, the caliber of people coming is incredible. The guest list is incredible of the, the people who are coming to share ideas with us. We do have people like Andre Chaperon, who's like the god of autoresponders coming, and others. I think you're coming too, Ezra. Yep, yep. Dudes named Ezra are going to be there. Ezra. Uh, no, I'll, I'll be there. It'll be really fun. And, you know, I, one of the things that I was talking to James about on our mastermind call last night or the night before was that I, I'm now um, making the decision to go to less live events, you know, because I get invited to so many and they're so unbelievably amazing and you know when you go to 13 in a year like one a month like I did this last year it takes a lot of time away from your life and so I'm prioritizing the events that I'm going to go to and fast web formula will never be not on the list of priorities it's such a good event that I wouldn't miss it for the world well a lot of people have come to every fast web formula uh, which is good and and there was three underground profit systems before that some people have been to all of those as well I only do a big event like this once a year uh, on average. So it's this is the 2013 big event for me. And I'm really looking forward to it. I decided some of the things that I'll be sharing at this event, and they might surprise you, but um, one example are the autoresponder emails that are triggered in my system. They're not, they're not automatically going out to people all the time for everyone. They only go out under certain conditions. So I'll be sharing which conditions they are and the results. And I think you've seen those, you've seen those messages working, Ezra. You've actually commented to me about them, but they have been. I, I, I've purchased because of them. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think you've been uh, testing a few of them in your own system and no doubt they're as effective for you as they are for me. Yeah, they're amazing. It's awesome. It's a cool uh, little piece of technology to learn how to implement in your business. Uh, I just finished up my e-commerce event in Orlando, which was really cool. It went really well. People loved it. I made a bunch of sales. It was great. And a lot of the things I did there, I picked up from Fast Web Formula. So the reason I have this in on the news and updates is because it's such a – it's like – 
it's such a good event that people who put on events or are interested in putting on events can come and learn a whole bunch of stuff about what it is to run a great event. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is it's, it doesn't mean you need a lot of tech or a lot of difficulty. I think uh, from having attended a lot of events, the ones that are simpler quite often put more focus on the community. There's a lot of focus on the community at the Fast Food Formula events because you're eating lunch and dinner with your fellow attendees because it's all provided. And that means that people don't have to run away during the breaks to try and scrounge for some food and then race back. So you can catch every session plus intermingle with the other people. You can talk to me, you can talk to Ezra, you can talk to the other experts. There's no special VIP area where they're screened off and all that sort of stuff. So if you really want... What's to, the, yeah, what's the URL? FWF5, that's the number five, dot com. So we'd love it if you'd join us down in Sydney. We'd really appreciate it. It's going to be a good time. The other thing is that we are going to be doing a podcasting talk at one of the biggest marketing events of the year in January, which will be a lot of fun. And one thing that I wanted to put on the news and updates is that if you are looking for hosting, website hosting, Shrammy is now offering that. He, he will host your sites on his servers and uh, it's worth it because speed is a huge factor in both conversion and search engine optimization. When Google's going in and looking at what pages it considers relevant for what search queries, one of the one of the big factors is how fast does that page load for the user who's going to be landing on it. And the same thing goes for conversion. Every second that your page, every second longer your page takes to load, you're dropping eight percent eight percentage uh, conversion points. So it's a really big deal. Um, and I've now moved my sites over to your hosting, and I think it's something that folks should know about. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, we we're just continually refining that getting our speeds down. One of the questions we get asked, does it work for Australian sites? And a lot of our Australian sites are still loading in one second or one point something seconds. So yes, it, it's going to be a big difference between a, a crappy reseller site. We've seen sites loading in 22 seconds on other people's servers. So they're pretty shocked to find out. Um, we don't just move the site, by the way. We tune it up, check the plugins, um, set up caching properly and minify code as well. So there's a fair bit that goes into it. Let's hear from some of our listeners. We've got some uh, comments. Well, I, I will just want to celebrate a little, uh, a, a little um, celebration for us, which is that you know we'd we'd had some. I'd been traveling, you'd been traveling, and we'd missed a couple weeks, and we'd seen our engagement go down on our podcast, which was alarming to us because we've like put so much energy and love and effort into this thing to, 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 to see it just rise, rise, rise. And then to see us pull away from it and like put less attention on it and watch it drop was a, was sort of a wake up call. And we decided, you know what, we've got to really continue to put attention on this thing that we've built in this community and this amazing thing we have going and let's, let's go back and do that. And so we have been doing that. And, um, it's fun, it's cool that since the last episode was was listed, which was like three days ago, there's like 14 comments. So we we've gotten that um, engagement back. Which yeah, there's nice. still a lot of downloads per episode, which is good. So, um, you know, part of the the break was just literally um, events and travel, especially in your case, <laughs> you you stacked a few on. Um, we do try and record, even if it's suboptimal. I'm sure the quality of today's episode isn't up to the normal standard because literally recording into an iPhone with uh, a SmartLav microphone. But it's better to do the episode than to miss out. And also, I would have forgotten about uh, some of the experiences, and it's pleasurable to remind ourselves about this. 
So if, you, if you're in comfy transport listening to this podcast, think about the poor tricycle journey. Okay, um, well done with the, the engagement. Let's talk about what people are actually saying. So we've got one from B Family 12 from Australia, and it's um, a five-star rating, a must-listen. Funny hearing James talking about the Manly Ferry when on the Manly Ferry heading into the day job. Hang out for your podcast. You guys really work well together. A great mix. I recommend this podcast to everyone who's wanting to improve their business and their life. Look forward to seeing you Manly next year, Alan. Thank you, Alan. That is awesome. Uh, and Thanks, Alan. Mostly when I'm catching the Manly Ferry, it's usually to catch a, a train and a plane and end up in some other country. So I usually pretty excited about catching the ferry and um, here's a tip if you are coming to fast Web formula 5 consider catching public transport to the venue because you get off the airplane and the international arrivals you walk downstairs from from the terminal into the train station you catch a train to circular key you get off at circular key you get on the manly ferry and in about half an hour from then, you'll have had a Sydney Harbour cruise with the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the Sydney Opera House, Taronga Zoo, and you'll come dock into Manly, and then you have like a two-minute walk to the hotel. And I, and I suggest you carry um, travel light, but you will be able to absorb the culture within half an hour of arriving into the country instead of having to wrangle a taxi and drive over the Harbour Bridge and everything. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate it. And um, thank you for the five-star iTunes review. If you get a chance, listener, to uh, pop into iTunes and leave us a review, we sure would appreciate it because it helps us get more visibility for our podcast, which is one of our goals. Jared, on the community episode, said, I joined FastWeb Formula a few weeks ago. What you guys said about the value of paid communities in this episode really hit home for me. I concur. If you hang out with eagles, you'll learn to fly sooner than later. Yeah, you know, like, should have put it in the news section too. Uh, Jared has been a very active participant, which is terrific. I've done two things to boost FastWeb Formula this last few weeks. One is I put an action thread where people list what they're doing for the month. And this was inspired, it's kind of a mashup from what we do in Silver Circle. We have this accountability and uh, open, transparent sort of declaration of what you're up to. But I help people actually respond to their actions and guide them. And the second thing is I'm now doing a weekly mastermind call covering uh, the core topics that we talk about in Fasted Formula. So you can literally get onto a telephone line or a go-to webinar meeting with me each week and other community members and share ideas and I'm, in a, I'm planning to run that uh, and see how it goes, but we did our first call this week. It was um, well subscribed, and I think the feedback has been tremendous. But this is really increasing the value of FastWeb Formula for 2014. Nice one. Uh, so we've got Justin on sex. Uh, hey, fellas. Good episode on sex. Loved how you had Ezra's relatives come in to discuss it. Not sure why it's a chargy subject or why the episode would be chargy. There's nothing dirty or seedy about it. I'm enjoying the breadth of the topics you guys are covering and now look forward to the religion episode. Cheers, Justin. <laughs> Justin obviously likes the, uh, likes the controversy. I think that this is one of those examples of where society's labels on sex created a, an impression of how the episode might be versus 
um, our special guests take on sex. Yeah, versus how people experience it. And, you know, I, I, the truth of the matter is any conversation ab- about sex is going to uh, bring stuff up for people. So it really is a chargy topic no matter uh, how you put it. Even if you're talking about it in terms that make people feel good, it's still a tough subject to cover. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Justin. James, I want to move in to our quote and, and keep these uh, uh, last few comments for the next episode because I just turned around and saw that Carrie was finished making dinner, which I would really like to eat. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> let's, get, uh, let's get to the think about it section. You ready? All right, so you're going to keep your quote this week? It's always a, I'm always like in, in wonder about this. Okay, I think I'll keep this quote because... Nice. Uh, because uh, two reasons. One is because it's of who it's from. I think it's undeniably a, a, a well-credentialed quota. And two is I'm not so sure that if I start browsing the internet that I wouldn't lose our line. So I'm going to run with pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. Uh, I think that's a great quote because it's pretty much saying that if you really enjoy what you're doing, then you're going to do a better job of it. Uh, I can't help but think of Steve Jobs with that sort of a quote, but this was by Aristotle, so he, he was a pretty wise dude. The dude was a marketer. If you go back and read Aristotle, that dude was like fully uh, an internet marketer of his time. If, he was, if, he was, if there was marketing in his time, which there was actually, um, he would have been a marketer. Well, if he was alive now, we'd probably get him on the podcast. No, we'd definitely get him on the podcast. We'd call him Stottle, Stottle for short. <laughs> or Ari. <laughs> Ari. <laughs> or Stotts. <laughs> Toddle. <laughs> anyway. Tots. <laughs> Toddle. Toddle. So, listener, what do you uh, think we would nickname Aristotle? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. My quote is that I believe that every human mind feels pleasure in doing good to another. Every human mind feels pleasure in doing good to another. That's by Thomas Jefferson. And it really is true. Like it feels really good to do nice stuff for other people. It is one of the fundamental pleasures of life. And um, I certainly enjoy it. Sweet. All right. So there we go. We've um, been working through another Think at Get episode. It wasn't so much work though. We took a bit of pleasure and we've had a few laughs. We have had some tech challenges. So uh, thanks for, for bearing through that, but we'd rather get the episode out. So this was episode 36 where we were talking about pleasure. We're all chasing it all the time. We want pleasure in all of our experiences and we're looking for gratification for all of our five senses because what's that word? We're pan Sensual. Pansensual, baby. Pansensual. We are pansensual <laughs> beings. Sight, smell, sound, taste, and touch. And if you're Ezra, probably you've got a sixth dimension that's yet to be discovered. Conceptual thought. Okay. Conceptual there thought. you go, sir. There you go. Oh, that was, I was anticipating there'd be something there. You would have disappointed <laughs> me had you said, no, no, just five. Uh, well, we got six, man. Is pleasure good? Is pleasure bad? Well, hopefully we just found out. You can do the last bit, Ezra. I think this is right. this is your this you, is you're the, like the the pleasure man. I actually found uh, we had a mutual friend who uh, teaches people how to do pleasurable eating for weight loss, which I thought was really interesting. And I observed the technique, uh, and it it made sense to me. So I think you can use use pleasure for all sorts of things other than what most people immediately think it's about. Well, you can find pleasure in everything that you're doing. It is a choice. 
you really do have the option to enjoy your life, and we would like for you to do that. Oh, you know, like that's um, when I was catching the tricycle, which is, you know, it's a sort of a rough, noisy, unsafe ride, uh, albeit. But the guy had so much bling on his windscreen, it was an immediate hit on Facebook. Uh, got a few WTFs. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. It was amazing. Yeah, so, you know, it made me smile. And that's just such a great example of, of taking pleasure from a, uh, something as mundane as a low-cost transport. So uh, maybe we'll put up a picture of that uh, for our listeners to have a, a laugh about. I think we should. Pleasure. What is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think Act Get. Thank you so much, listener. We really appreciate you. And we'll catch up with you on the next episode. Thanks, Ezra. This has been another episode of Think Act Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 